Soon after Adam and Eve sinned, God came down to have fellowship with his creation in the garden. But their guilt brought fear and anxiety. And so they tried to hide themselves from the Lord God. In his infinite condescension and abundant mercy, the great shepherd called, Where are you, Adam? Where are you? This was not the voice of a taskmaster, but the call of yearning love. How beautiful is this record of divine grace. These incidents in the dawn of human history have far more than local significance. All that took place is typical and characteristic of both God and man. I would have you to note that it was not Adam who sought God, but God who sought Adam. It was then, as it has always been, the great shepherd seeks the sheep. Where art thou? It was God who sought and called Abram while he was yet an idolater. It was God who sought Jacob at Bethel when he was fleeing from the consequences of wrongdoing. It was God who sought out Moses while he was a fugitive in Midian. And it was Christ who sought the disciples while they were fishing. It was and is Christ who came to seek and to save that which is lost. W. Griffith Thomas has forcibly summed up the significance of this question. Where art thou? God's question to Adam still sounds in the ear of every sinner. Where are you? It is the call of divine justice, which cannot overlook sin. It is the call of divine sorrow, which grieves over the sinner. It is the call of divine love, which offers redemption from sin. To each and to every one of us, the call is reiterated, where are you? If in reverence and humility, you will listen, you too will hear the voice of God saying to you, where are you? Where are you in Christ? Number one, the question is asked about your relationship to God. Life reveals that we have not our faces, but our backs toward God. Our disobedience and waywardness separates us from God. Our selfishness, our restlessness, like the prodigal who said, give me that which belongeth to me. 
And then we read, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. Here, by his own will, he separated himself from God. And there in a foreign land, he wasted his substance with riotous living, the Bible says. Sin always takes one in a far country from God. None of us is exempt. There is none that seeketh after God. But Christ removes the guilt and the defilement of sin and joins a sinful creature with the holy creator. Look at Ephesians 2. 12 through 14, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes afar off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace. He hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition. What is your answer to the question, where are you? Do you have a personal relationship with the Lord God through Jesus Christ? Friend, no substitutes will do. There must be this genuine relationship with God, or else one is lost now and in eternity. The Bible says, except one be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Until God found Adam and Eve, they were hiding. The nature of sin has not changed. Sinful disobedience, selfishness, still causes one to hide from God, or that is to lose his fellowship. There are many places to hide where one tries to elude God. Some hide in pleasure. Some hide in drugs and alcohol. Some hide in money and success. One of the most unique places to hide today is the church. Yes, I said the church. A former Chinese student at the University of Michigan hid himself in a church attic for four years because he was too timid to face his problems. From his secret hideout, he watched people come and go. His food consisted of scraps left over from church suppers 
and other social events. He longed for fellowship with those who were there, who were so close to him, but they were unaware of his need and presence. He heard the choir sing on Sundays, and he wanted to enter in, but he didn't. When at last he was found, the university reinstated him. The church also offered friendship and financial aid for his education. There was much rejoicing because the lost had been found. In a spiritual sense, I fear that there are many today hiding in a church. Judas Iscariot hid in the first church, that is the group of disciples of the Lord Jesus. Secondly, this question is asked about your fellowship with God. It's possible to have a relationship with God and yet not to be living in fellowship or at least to have a vital, full, deepening friendship with God. The problem is the continued struggle with sin in our weak, unredeemed, selfish bodies. Look at Galatians 5.17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that you would. Have you, are you defeated and lost your fellowship with God? The poet asked, where is the blessedness I knew when first I saw the Lord? Where is the soul refreshing view of Jesus and his word? What peaceful hours I then enjoyed, how sweet their memory still, but they have left an aching void this world can never fill. There are many, like Jacob, who are living in a distant land. The measure of your fellowship depends on the measure of your obedience. God is not satisfied. And he has made you dissatisfied. You long for a closer walk, a healthier friendship, more vital fellowship. Where are you? Some of you who hear my voice today need fellowship with God. But you cannot have this fellowship and still live in a distant land. Fellowship comes with the price of obedience and seeking the Lord God. In the third place, the question is asked about your likeness 
or your personality development, or that is your spiritual maturity. Hear the challenge of Christ. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. The world perfect literally means full grown, adult, mature, or complete. Jesus Christ is the express image of God. And he, as someone has said, is the only adult, the only mature person that the world has ever known. He is our example. He is your goal. He is the mature person that you need to be. He is our example. He is our means of attain attainment. When we measure ourselves by him, we see how childish and immature we are. Oh, my friend, how is your attendance in worship services, in a church? Look at these areas of examination. How do you get along with others? What is your ability to forgive? How about your selfishness? Children fight for their rights. To be an adult is to be unselfish. What is your attitude? Your attitude toward yourself. Your attitude toward others. Your attitude toward lost and sinful people. Some people are fixed in personality development. Fixed is a term psychologists use to indicate that a person has stopped growing in areas of his life. Our church and world needs mature Christian, Christ-like people. Dr. G.B. Chisholm says, so far in history of the world, there have never been enough mature people in the right places. How true that is of most churches. Robert Browning said, I say that man was made to grow not to stop, where are you on the chart of Christian growth? Are you conscious of progress in your walk? Is your relationship painful, estranged, because there is sin and no improvement? Where are you in the church? There are a lot of people who claim to be Christians, but have, to, have nothing to do with the church. The church was established by Jesus, and you cannot be right with God. You cannot be right with Christ unless you are in 
a body of believers. Of course, no church is perfect. There are always problems. But this should be no excuse for you to keep out of the fellowship and the work and the ministry of the church. You need, if you are obedient to Christ, to be in attendance and in fellowship and in service with the church. Your church needs you. He needs mature Christians. Robert Browning said, I say that man was made to grow, not to stop. Where are you in your growth and relationship with God's people? Are you conscious of progress in your walk with Jesus? Can you look back and see that there has been some improvement and changes? Your church, the world needs mature Christians. And without Christ-like people, we will never reach the world for Christ. And in the fourth place, the question is asked about your service for God. That is your use, your gifts, your ministry in the church. The church is the only institution that Jesus left for the improvement and welfare of society and the evangelization of the world is through the church. The church is primary, and so it must take priority in your life. The Lord is asking you today, where are you in relationship to the church and its ministry? The church is primary and must take priority in your life and activities. The Lord is asking, and is there an answer that you give is pleasing to him? The church is the only institution that Jesus left for the improvement and welfare of society and the evangelization of the world. Where are you in relationship to the outreach, the ministry of the church? Are you a member of a church? You are living contrary to the New Testament if you're not a member of the body of Christ. How about the fellowship? Dr. Dobbins says that most churches have four circles. 25% is the inner circle, 25% the outer circle, 25% the thinner circle, and 25% the center circle. Which circle do you find yourself? We know we have passed from death 
unto life because we love the brethren. Love for your church. Love for friends in Christ determines where you are. And where are you in the workmanship? How do you relate to the church ministry and its outreach to the world? Dr. John Dorsey, a psychologist, once remarked that in growing up, we normally pass through three stages, which can be represented as follows. First, we say in our Christian life, please help me. Then later we reach the attitude, I can take care of myself. And finally, if we are mature, growing in Christ, we will say, let me help you. In Exodus 2.11, we find a wonderful word concerning Moses. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens. And where are you in your worship attendance? Thomas missed fellowship with the risen Christ because he was absent one Sunday night when the Lord appeared. He became a doubter. So it is true with you when you miss worship services. The Lord is not only asking, where are you? But what is this you have done? What is it that keeps you from being where God wants you to be in relationship with him, in fellowship with Christ, in Christian ministry, in your church life, in relationship to others? What is this that thou hast done? Sin of omission or sin of commission? What is the sin? Is it like Cain's sin done in secret? Is it like Achan's sin well covered? Is it like Belshazzar's sin done under the influence of strong drink? Is it like Herod's sin, the result of foolish pride? It may be like Pilate's sin, the result of the pressure of the crowd. Or it may be like Peter's sin, the result of pride and negligence. It may be like the Jews' sin, committed in ignorance. Whatever the sin, as God speaks and calls you today, confess your sin, repent of it, come to him, become active in the fellowship of God's people. The Bible says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands. Purify your hearts. This day, may God find you where you ought to be. Our Father, we pray that your spirit will take your word 
and draw many people unto yourself. I know there are Christians who are out of fellowship. They're out of the church. They're out of the ministry of the church. God speak to them, convict them, and bring them to that point of commitment and involvement that you've called us to be. And I pray for those who are lost, who have never trusted Jesus. Oh, may your spirit draw them, may your spirit convict them, and open the door of life into Christ, that they too may have life and life everlasting. In Jesus' name, amen. My friend, thank you for listening today. And if there's the decision you've made, write us and tell us. And if you need some literature, let us know and we'll be happy to forward something, perhaps a Bible to you. God bless. Have a great day. Thank <laughs> you.